Welcome to a double shot of branding podcast. We're two brand and web designers who have a passion for all things business design and entrepreneurship. We're here to chat about the highs and lows of owning your own business, the importance of brand design, and how to manage it all. Let's dive in. Welcome back to a double shot of branding. Um, We are here in the new year and we took a little bit of a winter holiday break at the end of 2022 and I can't believe it's 2023 already. Um, super excited for this year and what's to come, especially on the podcast. And today's episode, I think, is going to be super interesting because we're talking about the four buyer types. And we're going to be chatting with you about the difference between the buyer types and how to sell to each one of these buyer types. I think that it's really important to learn information like this when it comes to being a business owner, because I think it just sets you up for success. I also just feel like it's as a somebody who does have a marketing degree, I loved learning about this and loved learning um, how people buy and different ways to sell to them. And I just think it's really important to know these things to set yourself up as being a successful business owner. So um, if you haven't heard of the buyer types before, this basically just puts people in a box of what their tendencies are when going to buy a new product or a service. And I don't, this is just speculation, but I don't think that everybody gets, everybody sticks with their buyer type throughout their life or through day-to-day decision-making as well. I think when you hear these different buyer types, you'll probably say, oh, I definitely am this person. Um, But you might be a different buyer type in different scenarios. Um, So something to think about when we're talking about these different buyer types is that you want to keep in mind that you want to sell to all four of these different buyer types and not pigeonhole yourself into one of these buyer types. Because like I just mentioned, you could be somebody who is usually a socializer when making a buying decision, um, but sometimes your director comes out or your thinker or your relator. So just keep those in mind as we talk through these four buyer types. So let's get started with the socializer, Kaden, if you want to get started with that one. So the socializer is going to be somebody who loves to really get to know the personality behind the business. They kind of want to know what you do in your free time. So they're going to be attracted to posts where, you know, you're not just showing the product and stuff. You're kind of showing behind the scenes of making the product and, um, you know, what you're wearing for the day and stuff like that. So they run a lot of their decisions by their friends or um, family communities that they're in. And it's important that the business that they buy from comes off as authentic. So I feel like a lot of sustainable brands would probably fit into this um, category because they're, you know, wanting to market to people who are, have very, you know, set social um, morals and stuff like that. So they like to be a part of a brand, a community. And so what this means when you're trying to sell to somebody who's a socializer is you want to put in a lot of effort to reach out to your clients and your following and make sure you're interacting in comments, like on social media, following up with, um, if you're a service-based business, following up with them afterwards and kind of, you know, staying in contact, still sharing their stuff, um, because they get like a rush from, 
you reposting them. So if you have um, create like a hashtag on social media or reshare um, a couple posts from people who also, you know, kind of fit the brand aesthetics of um, your brand. And when I say that, I mean like the pictures are kind of, you know, good in your opinion. They kind of follow, they're not blurry or pixelated or anything else like that. So, um, you know, reshare their posts when people tag you and stuff because they get really excited about that. And that makes them, you know, want to make more purchases from you and um, share your business even more. So introduce yourself and um, the why behind your business often. So we have to remember that even though we may post something on social media, not every one of your followers will see it at that specific time. So you kind of have to kind of repeat yourself and it may feel repetitive and weird to constantly like introduce yourself or say the same thing, but you just have to remember like not everybody sees your posts. So, and then think about different ways you can add a community aspect to your business. So whether that's client referrals, um, offering a little discount if past clients refer to you, maybe a membership. A lot of Facebook groups are really big right now, and it's um, kind of shifted from the typical like business group or just a, a group where you're just sharing your work. They want more of a community. So, for example, like if we we're designers, we could start a designer-based uh, Facebook group where everybody kind of comes together and they just talk about different issues going on in their business. Um, you know, if you're a product-based group, just, you know, think of um, kind of like the recognizable thing of your business. If there's a specific, you know, social um, cause that you're behind or if there's a specific, you know, thing that your uh, clients are interested in, just kind of think of something, different ways you can kind of bring people together and want to be involved in your brand. And then um, obviously sharing a lot of client success stories. So, um whether it's you could do actual more personal interviews with your past clients or a interview, a video interview with somebody who's used your product before. And so just being very social basically, and just really feeling being personable, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. Um, I was trying to think of a brand before we started this episode for the socializer and something just popped in my head as you were talking. Do you remember the FabFitFun boxes? Yes, everybody was yeah obsessed with for a while. Everybody was pushing <laughs> out all the bloggers and celebrities. Yes. I feel like that created a really big community because it was like if you didn't have the FabFitFun box, you felt a little bit left out because it felt like everybody had them and everybody would post on Instagram or Snapchat when they got their next box and like post what was in the box. And some, I feel like some people got different things in their boxes too. So it was like, Ooh, what yeah, did you so get this month in your box? Yeah. yeah. So it created no, that community because people were talking to each other of like, what did you get in your box? And, and then people would share about it and then others would feel left out because they didn't have their FabFitFun box. I can proudly say I did yeah. not ever buy a FabFitFun box. <laughs> I did not either, but I was tempted a few times. I was like, oh, that's like a full-size product that is, yeah. the cost of the box is less than what a full-size product would be. Like, I might you know, want to get this. Yeah, I definitely almost pulled the trigger a few times. <laughs> Mom bought me a maternity one, and it actually turned out to be horrible. Like, 
horrible. I can't remember the exact name with it. I think it's like one of the most popular ones, but it basically just had like the exact same things in every single box. It was like a little spa thing or like a lotion or a bath bomb, some little tea thing, some really cheesy baby thing that just said like mommy loves daddy or baby loves daddy or something like that. And you couldn't cancel. Like you were locked in. You couldn't ever get through to any customer service or anything else like that. But yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about the director next. Um, um, so this is actually my buyer type, Michelle. Um, so the director consumes info quickly and they want to make a purchase decision ASAP. So they will likely only read half of your sales page and skim for the important details. Um, since I'm putting myself in this category as well, just knowing how I think when I go to make a decision is that I want to spend the least time as possible reading through a sales page or reading a product label, um, especially when I'm in the store. And so I just want all of the information in front of me in like a short bulleted list of explaining what it is I'm going to get out of this service or product. So selling to directors, make sure that you are including numbers and factual information that gets straight to the point. So using bolded lists, like I just said, consider skipping the fluff if a majority of your buyers are directors. But again, keep in mind that we're selling to all four of these um, and then highlight what working with you will do for them. What can they get out of it? Again, just get direct and straight to the point. So if you have, um, we're going to talk about the thinker next, which needs a lot of information to process. So if you're selling to both directors and thinkers, you're probably going to be thinking like, I still need that long form sales page to provide all this information to the thinkers. But what you could do on that sales page is for the directors, make sure that you're highlighting like a section maybe at the top of like, this is exactly what you're going to get out of this course or the service. And so that they don't have to read your entire, entire sales page. Like you're making it easy for them by calling out specific areas of the sales page so that they can skim the page and get the information that they need. And then let's talk about the thinker next, which Kaden says that she relates to. I like to think a lot about um, what I'm going to purchase, um, look at reviews, like the whole nine yards. So this person is probably the hardest person to sell to because they want to know absolutely everything before buying. So they're very skeptical, which is definitely me. I, I literally cannot buy like quick things like clothes or something like that. I can definitely purchase on a whim, but anything more substantial, that's maybe a little bit more expensive, whether it's, you know, a home item or, um, a service investing in a service or something like I have to know lots of, lots of details. I like to weigh the pros and cons before buying, like, I don't always read every page of the sales page. It kind of depends on like how interesting it is, but I definitely click through the whole entire site and, you know, look on Google reviews and look on Facebook, social media reviews, etc. So we really don't like being rushed into a decision. So it's very, very hard to quickly just decide if we're going to buy something. So how you want to sell to somebody like me is to include a lot of detailed information in the sales page, like charts and comparison. Um, those are really good because if you're comparing it to another product that I may be thinking about buying, that would be super helpful to kind of see it all right there instead of having to 
kind of do two times the research. Um, so the copy on the page needs to be really organized to tell a story and completely go through like the who, the what, and the why. And avoid scarcity language. Like nothing annoys me more than like the flashing timers on a site that's like, buy now, or it's, you know, the price is going to go up, or you only have two days to make a sale. And then I'll visit the site a week later and it's the same flashing, you know, notification at the top of the site. I'm like, okay, this not, not a rush. And it just kind of annoys me. So, um, avoid language like that in your sales page and then lots and lots of reviews. So I tend to not necessarily not trust the reviews that are on a website, but obviously the companies in charge of you know, their own business website, they're only going to put good reviews on there. So um, I definitely go search for reviews elsewhere too, like Google and Facebook. So make sure you're prompting your clients and your customers to also review there too, and not just share personal reviews with you. Um, something you can do on social media is like share screenshots too. If somebody like DMs you and says something, you can also share that on you know your stories or something or add it to a highlight where people can actually read like real reviews um yeah so the thinker just takes a lot of time basically to make any big decision and i feel like i kind of fall into the social thing too because i'll ask other people's opinions like i'll i'll send screenshots to michelle if it's like a business thing or my friends and be like what do you guys think of this like or if i can't decide if i I sent one actually last week to my friends. I couldn't decide if I like this pair of shoes. I'm like, what do you guys think? So they kind of fall a little bit into the social category too, as far as like getting opinions and thoughts from other people. Thinking about how as a director, I like to make fast decisions, but I also like to read a lot of reviews, especially like I can think of before I go to a restaurant or a coffee shop or something, I will read through a ton of reviews um, prior to deciding where to go. So I think reviews are probably super important for no matter what buyer type you are as well. And that also just points out that like Caden said, like you kind of switch between buyer types depending on the scenario that you're put in as well. So it's super important to know all of these different buyer types to be able to sell to all of them simultaneously. So the relator is next. And I got to admit, this was like the most confusing for one for us to understand. Um, but the relators are highly empathetic individuals who are looking for unique solutions to their problems. So not any cookie cutter solutions. And they're known as a people person. They like to always be keeping the peace and they want solutions that are going to solve both their business and their lifestyle problems. So how you can sell to a relator is selling a solution that will make their lives easier. Um, so if you can somehow incorporate that into your, your copy for selling your business solution, like how can this business solution also make their personal life easier as well? Um, you can also allow them to pick and choose their own package offerings. So like I said, they don't like to be put into a specific box or a category and they don't like to be marketed the same way that you're marketing to every other person. Um, so allowing them to customize any of the packages. So I do this with my brand package offerings as well. Like I have two packages, which is great for a um, director who just wants to choose one or the other. But if you're selling to a relator, they might want to customize one of these packages. So being flexible in your business to be able to customize any sort of service offering packages to your potential clients. Um, 
And same thing with products as well. If you have the flexibility to allow that customization um, for your products for these relators to be able to want to buy from you. So those are the four different buyer types and how we would sell to them and how we would try and kind of like how we would try and mix all these buyer types together is like I gave the example earlier of having that long form sales page for the thinkers, but then having bulleted sections for the directors and then creating that sense of community for the socializers, like maybe a membership referrals, um, sharing success stories and whatnot. And then also being flexible for the relators by allowing the customization for your service or your product offerings. Yeah, having different like landing pages too. So landing page or sales pages are basically just like different versions of your maybe static service page or product page and you kind of change it up every now and then or um, share different ones so that you're kind of you know touching all bases with you know the different types of people that might be interested in your business so that's an easy way to do it too yeah and um something that i meant to talk about earlier in the episode is that you are probably going to be currently selling the way that you like to be sold to. Um, So if you are a socializer, you're probably naturally currently selling in your own business the way that a socializer would like for you to sell to them. Um, So the hard part is now opening up your um, mindset (laughs) into selling to these other different types of buyers, which is why it's important to know what these other buyer types are, because we're, we're going to naturally gravitate towards one of these four buyer types and not realize that subconsciously that's how we're selling. Like I, let's say I'm a socializer and I'm selling to only socializers, but you don't want to cut off those other groups of people as well. So knowing what those other groups of people are and how to sell to them, that's what's important about this episode. A few other episodes though, about like finding your ideal client and, you know, how to market to different types of Uh, individuals as well. So make sure you check out those episodes because they all kind of build on each other and can really help you with your marketing efforts this year. Alrighty. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in guys. We will see you next time.